Hey, future doctors. Thanks for joining me on Spoonful of Sugar, a podcast made for medical students by medical students to help the medicine go down. My name is Rhea Mulherker. I am currently a PGY4 radiation oncology resident at the University of Pittsburgh, and I will be your host today. The topic of today's episode is a bit of a deviation from our usual structure where we review an important USMLE-related topic, usually in a question-and-answer-based format. Today, we're going to be sharing some life advice, or at least some medical school-related life advice. The topic is how to prepare for the USMLE Step 1 exam. I think most medical students usually take their step exam at the conclusion of their didactic curriculum, usually at the end of year two. It happens somewhere around spring or early summer. Um, And so I thought of releasing this episode now in the late fall slash winter time so that you can start thinking about how to prepare for the exam. I'm not saying you need to go into full step one mode right off the bat, but it does take some momentum to build up to a place where you feel really good about studying. And so now is a great time to sort of buckle down and think at least about how you're going to approach it. And that's really why I've created this episode is because a lot of students don't necessarily know how to approach it. They don't have a plan going into those months leading up to the step one. And so my hope with today's episode is to give you some tools so that you can at least demystify the process of studying for step one, give you the tools to kind of come up with a plan. Now that said, there's absolutely no secret formula to preparing for any exam Every single one of us has different learning styles. Each of us knows what works best for ourselves, right? You know what works best for you. And so here, my goal is really to try to provide you with some overarching advice to try to help you build your study strategy. Um, But that said, my advice may not be the perfect advice for you. Oftentimes, you have to piece together what you get from a lot of different sources. Before I even get into any of the the steps that come to preparing for this exam, and I'm going to divide this up into just five total steps, I want to preface by saying that I argue that USMLE Step 1 is one of the most important exams of your medical journey. Um, I understand that now the exam is pass-fail, so maybe there's a little bit less pressure going into this exam, but... I really think that all medical students should try to study for this test with just as much rigor. And the reason is that the knowledge that we test on the USMLE Step 1 is super relevant to our future careers. And I think that's true no matter which specialty you pursue. Even if you're pursuing a very niche specialty um, that's not, you know, super prevalent on Step 1, I guarantee you that something that you studied from the Step 1 exam will one day come back and haunt you in your later career, and it will somehow be relevant to any specialty that you go into. And that said, I think in the beginning stages of medical school at the level of USMLE Step 1, all of us should be kind of preparing as if we may become generalists, you know, as if we may become family doctors out in a rural community where there's not that many different specialties available. I think it's really important to kind of master this material and learn the material really well. And it's not just about acing the exam. It's really about building a foundation of knowledge on which you can build your future practice. That's what this podcast is about. That's what medical school is about. And that's certainly what the USMLE Step 1 is about as well. 
And I think that if you do this, I think if you approach it with that mindset, um, you're going to be number one, prepared to become an amazing doctor. And I think it's going to make preparing for future board exams much easier for you too. If you put in the work now, when you have that dedicated time to study for the step one, I think that step two and step three are going to come much more easily to you. So with that said, let's talk about how to prepare for the USMLE step one in just five steps. I'm going to divide these steps into two separate parts. So part one is your pre-dedicated studying time. So this is the weeks to months prior to that dedicated studying time, however many weeks you're allotted. This is while you're still in medical school, you're still having your in-house exams, there's an in-house curriculum, um, so you're still a full-time medical student, and then on top of that, you're starting to think about studying for the USMLE Step 1. So let's get into Part 1. There's three steps within the pre-dedicated studying time. So step one is really going to be to identify your resources. There are a ton of USMLE resources out there, and it's impossible to utilize them all. I would recommend picking just two to three core resources. The core resources should be materials that you would feel good if you just covered those two to three core resources and nothing else, you should still feel comfortable with taking the USMLE Step 1 exam. So what are some examples of things that could be core resources? For me, my two core resources were the first aid book for USMLE Step 1 and then the UWorld Step 1 question bank. I told myself that if I am just able to get through these two you know, monuments of material, it's still a lot of material within each of those two resources, I would still feel good about myself and I would feel confident in approaching the USMLE exam. Now, your core resources can be whatever you want it to be. I know that there are a lot of review courses out there. There are some video-based courses such as board and beyond, Boards and Beyond. There's USMLE RX. Whatever it is, you know, whatever you would feel comfortable, if this is all I did and this is all I did to prepare for the step one, I would still feel good about it. Pick those two to three core resources. And these are the ones that you will really be sticking to. Of course, I'm not saying that these are the only resources you should use. I'm just saying you should identify that these are your main ones. All the other resources then, I would consider them to be your ancillary resources. So in my case, I actually use the USMLE RX review videos as an ancillary resource. Other ancillary resources for me were the Kaplan Question Bank, things like Pathoma, Sketchy, the Golion Lectures. You can identify whatever works for you. Um, it could be Anki flashcards, whatever it is. The reason that I think it's so important to make that distinction between your core and your ancillary resources is because all of us need to realize that we are human and we can only cover so much material in a given amount of time. So if you start off saying these are all the resources I want to do and you have like a stack of five, six, seven resources, you probably won't be able to get through them all in a comprehensive way. And then you might start to feel guilty about yourself. So if you say from the get-go, these are the two to three resources I absolutely have to get through. And then these are my ancillary resources that I will forgive myself if I don't make it through all of them. You will be in a much better mental place, I think. It's really okay 
to use your ancillary resources intermittently. It's okay if you start using them, don't find them helpful, and even drop them. Um, It's just really, really important to pick resources, stick to them, and also feel confident in that choice, you know. Do the research beforehand, talk to your peers, read things online, figure out what you want to use as your core versus ancillary resources, and then don't feel bad when you see that other students around you are doing different things. You know, everyone is different. You do the research, find out what works for you, and recognize what is your core resources versus what are your ancillary resources. Step two then, I would advise you to make a plan. So your, um, you know, your schedule in school and everything like that will kind of determine when you start studying for step one. I personally would recommend starting the process around four to five months prior to the exam and a few months before your dedicated window even opens up. I recognize that this is not possible for everyone. Some people may be forced to start a little bit later just because of different circumstances, But I think regardless of when you start, it's really important to identify what that time period is and to stay organized. I think that most medical students tend to be type A personalities and we all like to have kind of a thoughtful plan of attack. And it's really important that before you begin studying, you kind of sit down and think about what your plan of attack is going to be. I can tell you what I did. Um, My plan for studying with my core resources was to read and highlight the different chapters of first aid one by one based on organ system. And then after I read that chapter, I would do the corresponding UWorld practice questions in tutor mode. And then as I did those questions in tutor mode and I read the answer explanations, anytime I learned something Anytime it reinforced something that I had read in first aid, I would go back to my book and make further highlights, annotate things, add in little post-it notes with notes from UWorld, um, and kind of learn the material and synthesize it that way. Before I even got started with that entire process, the very first thing I did was look at the table of contents from first aid, look at the table of contents of the UWorld question bank, And I kind of wrote out the different systems and how I would work through them. So I was probably around halfway through my MS2 didactics when I started. I think it was around January of my second year when I started this process. And so we had covered some organ systems such as cardiology, pulmonology, nephrology, and we had yet to cover several others. So I actually started with the organ systems that we had already covered and I made a plan Um, to cover, let's say, one organ system in the first month and then maybe two organ systems in the next month. So I wrote out all the chapters I wanted to cover in first aid. I started with the organ systems. I saved the more basic science subjects like biochemistry, um, genetics, microbiology. I saved those earlier chapters in first aid for later in um, in my studying process. I wanted to prioritize the organ systems. So I do think I reached a point where the material that I was studying in school kind of overlapped with the material that I was studying for step one, just because I got to those organ systems closer to the end of that year. Um, And I think it worked out for me. But I do think it's really important to kind of write out what you want to do or, you know, at least have some kind of a mental plan of how you're going to do it. 
I don't think that you necessarily need to set due dates for yourself or set like a daily or weekly goal. I think that might be really overwhelming just because if you're doing this at the same time as your in-house material, you might miss some of your step one deadlines and then you don't want to let that stress you out. I actually used monthly benchmarks to try and track my progress. So I said to myself, okay, by the end of January, I at least want to feel good about cardiology. Then I'll move on to pulmonology and then nephrology the next month. And I kind of had these benchmarks to track my progress, but I didn't necessarily hold myself steadfastly to a particular deadline just because I wanted to be a little forgiving um, given all the other coursework that I had going on. So just to recap, we had step one where we identified our resources and then we had step two where we actually make a study plan. Now step three, you can imagine, is to actually execute that plan. It's not enough to write down what you need to do. You need to go ahead and actually do it, right? You have to act on your plan and you have to stick to it. This part can be extremely, extremely challenging while you're juggling schoolwork and in-house exam prep. What you have to do is, you know, identify how much time you need to devote to that part and then set aside time that's specifically meant for step one, however that fits into your schedule. So the way that I approached it, usually my medical school classes started around either 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. in the morning. I would set an alarm for 6 o'clock a.m. every single day and either read first aid or do UWorld questions. Now, it takes time to get into that mode of studying for step one. So in the beginning, I felt really slow and I kind of doubted myself. I was like, am I even making any progress? Some days it would take me an entire hour just to go through five UWorld questions and read those answer explanations and then it would be time for me to start my regular academic day. And, you know, those days I felt kind of confused as if, am I doing the right thing? Um, I think that any amount of progress is still progress. And even if you feel like that progress is minimal, it's totally okay. What's more important than the amount of material that you actually cover in that early phase of studying is to actually get in the habit of studying and to form a routine around your step one preparation. The earlier on you get into that habit and the earlier on you start working on that prep, as you get closer and closer to the exam, you'll start to build more and more momentum. And that way, whenever you get into that dedicated study time period, uh, you're you know kind of ready to be in full swing. You've kind of built up to that point. I think it's important to realize that, like I said, it's difficult to juggle schoolwork and step one prep. So recognize that you may not be able to study for step one every single day. Um, you may not get as much done in a particular day as you originally had planned. And that is all totally okay. Like I said, even if you're making a little amount of progress, even if it's not as much as you wanted, it's still progress and it's going to definitely pay off when your dedicated study time rolls around. So then speaking of dedicated study time, that brings us to kind of part two of these five steps. So we talked about steps one, two, and three, identify your resources, make a plan, execute your plan. The first part of Section two, when your dedicated time rolls around, usually in the days to weeks leading up to your step one exam, 
I would say the first step is to start getting into your full-on high gear step one mode. And what does that mean? I think it means that you need to start really practicing. I would say you need to take practice tests and ramp up the number of practice questions that you're doing. The reason I think it's so important to start that studying early in the pre-dedicated period is because it's, you know, it's almost like training your body to run a marathon. You know, you don't, you don't run a marathon and start off with the 26 point however miles in that very first go. Definitely not. If you've never run before, you start by running one mile and then you build up to two miles and then you build up to three miles and then eventually you can get to a place where you feel good to run a marathon. I think that step one is very, very similar. I think it's just like a marathon. So in order to, you know, to get ready for a marathon, you train by taking practice runs. For the step one, however, you can train by taking practice tests, right? Um, I think that the best way to train for the practice tests and then to train for the actual exam is to increase the intensity of your practice questions. So now that you're in dedicated, I don't expect you to be done reviewing all of the material that you had originally listed out to review. You probably still have some material to review, whether it's chapters of first aid to finish reading, or whether it's videos that you need to finish watching, all of that is okay. You should definitely set aside the time to review whatever you need to review. However, at the same time, it's really, really important for you to do that training. The training of doing lots and lots of practice questions and lots and lots of practice tests. So the way that I did it, I used to take at least one to two practice tests per week. And I kind of had a calendar and I mapped out, you know, how many days I had until step one, how many weeks there were, and then how many practice tests I could take. And I kind of decided at the beginning of my dedicated that this week I'm going to take two tests. I'm going to do one NBME, that I'm going to do the UWorld practice test. I think I just used NBME and UWorld practice tests. I don't remember. I might have used Kaplan, um, but I didn't use too, too many different resources. So I probably took at least seven or eight practice tests in the weeks leading up to the step one exam. And if I recall, I had around five to six weeks of dedicated time. So I at least tried to take seven to eight different practice tests. When I took the practice tests, I used to really try to emulate exam day conditions. So I would wake up in the morning, first thing in the morning, I would start taking the practice tests. Usually those practice tests weren't as long as the actual step one exam. Usually they were just four or five sections at the most, if I remember. So I would spend the entire mornings taking the practice tests, taking only five to 10 minute breaks in between sections as if I would on exam day. And then after I finished the test, I would take a break, either get, get a meal, maybe work out, and then I would come back and spend the rest of the day reviewing all of my answers from the practice tests. I spent a lot of time reviewing the questions that I got wrong, and I also reviewed the questions that I had marked as unsure. I think that, you know, certainly reviewing the questions for the practice test itself is really important, but I don't think that practice tests are just about the knowledge. 
the knowledge is important and the knowledge is there, but you get a lot of that from the review material that you do and the practice questions that you do outside of the practice exams. The practice tests are truly about building up your stamina and also training your mindset for exam day. And all of that, to me, I think is just as important as mastering the material. So keep that in mind as you're taking these practice tests. Now, the days that you're not taking practice tests are the days that you can catch up on readings, videos, and other study materials. I think that as you're doing that, though, remember the most important thing in my opinion, is to keep on doing as many practice questions as you can. Outside of practice tests, I always used to do my practice questions from UWorld in tutor mode. Um, I found it much easier and more convenient to review the answers this way. And I think I tried to do at least 100 practice questions a day in tutor mode. I reset my UWorld um, question bank when dedicated time started. And I made it a goal to try and do at least 100 practice questions a day. Part of the reason was to help build my stamina, as I've mentioned. And I also wanted to help keep as many concepts as I could fresh in my mind. That way, if, you know, if I did tons and tons of questions every single day, then when the exam day came, I was more likely to remember a concept because I was more likely to have encountered it recently. On the other hand, if I hadn't necessarily done a a gyne related practice question, let's say in three to four weeks, then when it showed up on exam day, I might be kind of caught off guard by it. So I wanted to build my stamina and I wanted to keep things as fresh on my mind. So practice, practice, practice. I think that's really, really the key. And the very last step, I think, is to check your mindset. I don't blame you if you're feeling overwhelmed. Even if it is just by listening to the podcast, this podcast, and the words that I've said here. I was overwhelmed thinking about approaching the step one exam. I was overwhelmed on a regular basis during the entire studying process. It's extremely natural to doubt your plan of attack, to compare yourself to what others are doing, and to feel really low and bad about yourself if you don't score as well as you wanted to on practice tests. All of those thoughts are negative and negativity is not going to help you. This is where I come in to remind you of why you're taking the step one exam in the first place. Why are you taking the step one exam? It's so that you can master the material that you need to learn in order to become an excellent future physician, no matter what specialty you pursue. It's not about the score. It's not about getting a question right or wrong. And it's not about comparing yourself to your peers. It is about learning and understanding and building a foundation on which you can build your future practice. When I was studying for step one and doing practice questions, I found that if I just focused on my performance and if I was getting something right or wrong, or if I was comparing myself to what my peers did, then I felt really bad about myself and I felt extremely burned out. I was definitely doing this early on uh, during my dedicated studying time. I was really, really kind of burning myself out just by playing this mental game of do I get this question right or wrong? And whatever outcome happened, I would take it really, really hard on myself. Somewhere along the way, though, a switch kind of flipped and I shifted my focus from getting a question right or wrong to actually understanding it and being able to explain the material to somebody else, even if it was a fake person sitting across my living room. 
I pretended like every single question I answered applied to an actual patient in my clinic. And there were definitely tons of questions that I didn't know the answer to. But anytime I was in doubt, I reminded myself that I knew enough to at least make an educated guess. And naturally, I still missed questions with this approach. Of course, when I missed questions, it still bothered me a little bit. But that shift in focus from actually focusing on the material, trying to understand the material, and pretending like I'm helping an actual patient, that mindset dramatically improved my mood, it made me understand the material better, and it just overall made me feel better about myself and feel more confident about the exam. I definitely think that, you know, studying for step one while maintaining a positive mindset is kind of an iterative process. You have to work on it kind of both ways, you know. It's it's not going to be a straight line that builds up. It's going to be kind of like a, a curvy, bumpy road. But at the end of the day, you have to, have to, have to remember that no matter how important this exam feels like it is, you matter more. And before you worry about acing any exam, before you worry about, you know, any outcomes, You have to take care of yourself and you have to take care of your mental health. I definitely think that you can try to do that by focusing on the learning that you're getting from this studying for step one process and by trying to make that studying fun. I think that the other thing you can do is make sure that while you're studying for step one and even while you're in in school preparing for your in-house exams is to always make sure that you're taking time for yourself. Try to do one thing that's nice for yourself every single day, even if it's just, you know, even if it's just taking a long shower or, or doing a workout or taking a walk, whatever it is, whatever gives you happiness, try to do at least one nice thing for yourself that helps boost your mental health. And during those long weeks of dedicated, make sure that you're taking at least one day a week off or one afternoon a week off some amount of time, take a break and find something else that you love in life and connect to that. You have to, have to, have to take care of yourself because like I said, that is the absolute most important thing and nothing matters more than you, right? This is at the end of the day, just an exam. It's part of your job. It's not your whole life. So reminding yourself that, reminding yourself that Focusing on the learning can actually help make things make sense and that can be fun. Um, I think that's where, where you'll find the key to success and happiness in your step one preparation. So I hope that that was helpful for you guys. I hope that these five steps that I've kind of laid out pre-dedicated and during your dedicated step one time, I hope that helps you kind of conceptualize and demystify this process of studying for the USMLE Step 1. I certainly don't think that this episode has been, you know, anything groundbreaking. I also don't think that it's any kind of like be-all, end-all. I think that you're going to find advice from lots of different people, um, from maybe your senior medical students who have been through this more recently than I have. Um, I think everyone's going to have some gems for you to kind of store and apply in your own process. Um, So I think I'll stop there and I just want to wish anyone who is preparing for the USMLE Step 1 the very best of luck. I am with you. Um, 
I started this podcast so that you could have another ancillary resource to kind of help prepare for the USMLE step one. Probably should have said that, you know, closer in the beginning, but this podcast or any podcast that you like, whether it's divine intervention or there's a lot of other step one related content out there, um, whatever resource it is that you like to study that helps you, I think that you can certainly use that. And part of the reason I started this podcast is actually so that you could take time during your step one preparation and do things you like, whether it's taking a walk or working out or cooking a meal or driving to see a loved one. You know, hopefully this podcast allows you to kind of passively study while you're doing those things and helps you, you know, do more human things while still getting that passive review and not having to feel as guilty. So with that said, I really, really hope that this helps to make the the process of studying less intimidating. Um, Please remember everyone is different. You have to find the method that works for you. I think that if you have a solid plan of attack and a positive mindset, then you are definitely on track to succeed. All of the content that I just shared in this um, audio version of this um, this talk, how to prepare for the USMLE Step One, I'm also actually you know going to be writing it out and posting it as a blog post, so it's kind of there for you on the website to reference if you guys are interested. Um, so just keep that in mind that this will be written out um, in the blog post. So if you go to the website spoonfulofsugar.org and hit blog, um, you should be able to see how to prepare for the USMLE step one there with all these steps listed out. Um, And before I close, I just want to take a moment to thank all of our listeners. We have an ever-growing audience of medical students and even, um, you know, different healthcare professionals that aren't necessarily medical students. Um, So I thank you all so much um, for, for tuning into the podcast and for giving your support. We always appreciate your feedback, whether it's through a rating or a review or a direct message or contacting us through the website. Uh, We are always looking to grow our team. So if you're interested in hosting an episode for Spoonful of Sugar where you review a USMLE-related topic, you can visit our website and contact us through the contacts page. Um, And then... Until December 15th, we're actually accepting applications for our student board here at Spoonful of Sugar. So I would absolutely love to have more applications come in um, and and hopefully have more students join our team and actually take a leadership role in helping to produce the next season of our podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, Remember, if you're ever feeling down, SOS does not just have to stand for a cry of help. It can also stand for spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down. <laughs>